Thanks for downloading a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. We need your financial support to keep going. Go to www.3cr.org.au for more information and to donate online. Now stay tuned for your 3CR podcast. Welcome to Freedom of Species, bringing you animal advocacy on the airwaves of 3CR Community Radio. Thanks to Sally for Out of the Pan. If you caught the end of that show and want to hear the rest, you can check it out via the 3CR website at 3cr.org.au and make sure you tune in live to Out of the Pan every week from 12 to 1 every Sunday. So welcome to Freedom of Species. I'm Nick Pendergrass hosting today and we've got a couple of guests in the studio who are part of the Scary Goats Tour, which is a a play, a horror comedy play coming up. So maybe if you can both introduce yourselves and and talk a little bit about, um, yeah, the play and what it's about and your role in it. Yeah. Um, hello, everyone. My name is Chloe Towen and I am the writer and producer of the show. Mm-hmm. My name is Dominic Shields, and I play one of the characters of the Scary Goats to attest the tour guide. Great. And I guess to start off with like an overview, like, yeah, what, what is the sort of the, the basis of, of this play? And I guess in Chloe, Chloe's case, what inspired you to write this? And in your case, Dom, maybe what, what about it attracted you to want to be a part of it? So let's start with Chloe. Yeah, um, so the show is about a ghost debunker who usually goes around proving that there's no such thing as the paranormal or ghosts or anything. And she's planning this big video where she goes on this big haunted homestead tour, but there's a bit of a mistake and she accidentally books in for a goats tour instead of a ghost tour. Uh, But then it turns out there's actually a spirit of an evil ghost goat who gets reawakened and then attacks the group. And then she has to try and use her knowledge of the supernatural combined with what she's just learned about goats to try and save the day. Um, I was mostly inspired by uh, my work. So I work as a ghost tour guide and um, I actually, it, it was quite funny. I can't credit the idea fully to myself, but I had this dad come on one of my ghost tours and he was making jokes about goats. And I thought, That's really, really funny. (laughs) But wait. And then I kind of got thinking. And then as soon as I finished the the ghost tour I was running, I I was sort of walking home and I was thinking, could make this into a play. You could have two. No, no, no. Three cast members. What's coming up? Comedy festivals coming up. And then by the time I got home, I kind of had the whole idea sort of set out. Wow. And then I, um, yeah, told my best friend, Nathan Fernandez, and we ended up co-writing it together. And then, yeah, now it's a show. (laughs) And what what about what what about this drew you to it, Tom? Um, the the name initially as well. I was like, what is going on here? I have no idea. Um, and I wanted to get a, back into theatre as well, so I was like, oh, cool name, cool concept, um, pretty groovy writing. So I thought I'd yeah, I had a read of it, and I was like, yeah, this is it. This yeah. is the one. Cool. <laughs> All right, so we thought we'd just start off with a little bit about it. We're going to get straight into a song, and then we're going to get into some of the yeah, some of the specifics of it, and I guess some broader themes, um, goat facts, talking about the way we can use comedy to to put information out there and get messages out there, all that kind of thing. But we're going to go to a song. This is one um, that Chloe sent me, um, but it's from the Sound of Music called "The Lonely Goat Herd." I thought we'd start off with that. Anything you want to say about this one, Chloe? No, it no? speaks for itself. Yeah. <laughs> This is goat-related music, so a bit of this and we'll be back in a moment. 
high on a hill was a lonely goat herd lay, hoodlay, hoodlay, Loud was the voice of the lonely goat herd lay, hoodlay, hoodlay, Folks in a town that was quite remote herd lay, hoodlay, hoodlay, Lusty and clear from the goat herd's throat herd lay, hoodlay, hoodlay, Of a castle, moat herd lay, hoodlay, hoodlay, hee-hoo. Men on a road with a load to turn her lay, hoodlay, hoodlay. Men in the midst of a tumble, don't herd lay, hoodlay, hoodlay, hee-hoo. Men drinking beer with a foam afloat, herd lay, hoodlay, hoodlay. One little girl in a pale pink she yodeled back to the lonely goat herd, lay on lay on Soon her mama with a gleaming goat herd, lay on lay on What a duet for a girl and goat herd, lay on lay on gardening and nature-based programs to people of all ages and all abilities. Our programs provide great opportunities for positive personal development and well-being. Join us on Saturday the 21st of March for our annual Autumn Fair and Open Day. This is a fantastic opportunity for you to meet our friendly team and learn more about our programs with a focus on experiential learning and positive personal development. There will also be a huge variety of perennials, fruit trees, herbs and seedlings for sale in the nursery, as well as great coffee and food. Our Autumn Fair and Open Day will be held from 9am till 3pm at 39 Weatherby Road, Doncaster and 512 Sydney Road, Coburg. Kevin Hines Grow is a 3CR supporter.
Welcome back to Freedom of Species on 3CR. Um, I am joined by Chloe and Dom, who are part of the Scary Goats Tour, a uh, uh, play coming up um, as part of the uh, Melbourne Comedy Festival. And, yeah, I wanted to uh, start off by talking about uh, some of the... Yeah, I guess this is an unusual thing for horror comedy, having goat facts. But, uh, yeah, Chloe, what are some of the... Obviously, I don't want to give too much away, but what are some of the facts that people can learn by going to this show? Oh, there are just so many facts. Um <laughs> One I found interesting was uh, goats don't have tear ducts. Well, yeah. um, what's what are some more, Dom? Dom has to memorise them all for the show. <laughs> um, well, goats can form strong emotional bonds with humans, mm-hmm. which is very nice, and mm. they can mourn the loss of the dead mm. as well. Mm. Yeah, yeah. I think it was a goat related where it was like they could. Um, they react to the facial expressions of people and they obviously, I guess like us, they prefer a smile rather than mm. a grimace and those kind of things as well. And I, I guess showing that uh, that sort of uh, sentience of animals and, and things that we share in common with other animals as well. And I know that uh, one dollar for every one dollar from every ticket is going to Animal Liberation's Goat Truth campaign. Um, yes. Yeah. Could you talk a little bit about that campaign and and why you've chosen Animal Liberation to donate some of the funds to? Yeah, totally. Um, so when I first came up with the idea of the show, I thought, oh, I better do some goat research and learn all my goat facts. And then while I was in the process of gathering everything together. I found the Goat Truth campaign. So it actually had all come out and started around the same time as I came up with the idea for the show, which I thought was quite fortuitous. Um, but the Goat Truth, campa- Goat Truth campaign came from – there was some horrible footage that surfaced from a goat farm actually in Melbourne mm. – um, the goat milk industry is quite big and we don't drink goat milk a lot, but it does get used in um, soaps mm. and, of course, feta cheese as well mm. and lots of other things. And, um, of course, they don't really need male goats mm. for the goat milk industry, so they um, often kill the baby male goats. Um, but the footage that came out was – I don't want to go into too many details for your <laughs> listeners, but it was – very horrible. It was, um, I think, technically legal, but should not be legal what was happening. Mm. And then the Goat Truth campaign came out from ALV after that. So they're spreading awareness of what's happening and then campaigning to stop this brutality in the industry, yeah. leading for a better future for goats everywhere. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I thought that it was a great campaign to donate to and, mm. yeah, links in really real, really well with the show. Yeah, and I think it's, I guess a lot of this stuff is legal but not moral and I think that's, mm. that's true of a lot of our treatment of animals. Um, what about you, Dom? Have you become aware of these kind of campaigns and stuff through this show? Or? Um, sort of. Mm-hmm. I'm vegan already, so mm-hmm. um, it was quite yeah interesting coming on board to a, a play that, and through, you know, like a group of people that were actually really supportive and did actually want to learn more. And, you know, they've asked me a couple of questions about all the, this kind of thing. And yeah, it was sort of, yeah, timing was pretty interesting, sort of seeing everything happening and, you know, yeah, it might be legal, but ethically and morally, mm. not so much. Mm. Um, but yeah, it was. It's quite heartbreaking, but it's also very heartwarming that we're trying our best to help our little goat friends. As yeah, well. definitely. <laughs> and and on the vegan issue, I was thinking the those same issues of the males not having the productive value. There are similar issues around cow's milk as mm-hmm. well. And and w- were those issues that um, led you down the vegan path, or was that something? Was it for other reasons that you found out that later, or um, sort of? So I was vegetarian since I was about. 14 Mm -hmm. um and then my brother 
told me to stop having milk one day because I had really bad skin as a teenager. Mm. Um, and then I was like, oh, I wonder why that is. And then I looked more into it. And then mm. the further I went into my deep internet hole, um, mm. the more sort of horrible things that I found. I was like, yep, yeah, that's mm. not a vibe. That's not for me. Yeah, yeah. Um, so it was pretty like pretty staunch vegan mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> yeah and i think that footage from places like victoria and, and even mm-hmm. australia generally are quite important because there is a lot of footage out there but i guess as a way to sort of distance people's selves they're like oh that happens in the u.s that couldn't yeah, happen yeah. here or, or that happened back in this decade but it couldn't happen now when we get this recent footage coming out of victoria it's much harder to kind of distance mm-hmm. distance yourselves from these practices mm-hmm. um, i also wanted to talk a little bit about how we can use so i guess that's the examples of very like factual kind of more documentary type information which I think definitely is important and has probably had a lot of role a role in a lot of us changing our choices towards animals seeing this kind of footage out there and and supporting these campaigns etc but yeah I do think that you know um, fiction as well can have quite a, a significant role in raising awareness of uh, animal issues, other important social justice issues, etc. So, yeah, I wanted to just hand over to you. Um, yeah, I guess you can talk about this play specifically and how it raises issues, but also more generally any examples from pop culture that you're aware of that have, have raised your awareness or have highlighted issues around animals or other social justice issues. Yeah. Um, so for me, um, I think that what we're doing with Scary Goats Tour is we're not really addressing the issue of the dairy goat industry directly, but we are definitely talking about goats quite a lot (laughs) and um, really sort of sharing our enthusiasm Mm. for them in general because I think goats are one of the cutest, funniest animals. Mm. And then from there we are sort of we're talking about how great goats are and Mm. then giving the audiences the information about what it's really like mm-hmm. um so then audience members can then look into the goat truth campaign and they're automatically donating some money to help as well mm-hmm. um so i think by doing something like that without directly preaching to the audience in a way it can be more effective mm-hmm. than saying this is bad yeah mm-hmm. um because people i mean it's not that we're being underhanded mm-hmm. <laughs> it's not yeah. that we're sort of subtly weaving it mm-hmm. in but i think it's it makes it a lot more accessible mm-hmm. for people that might not look into it in in just in their general life, which I think is really important. Yeah, and I think that idea of learning about goats and, and like their sentience and their, again, emotions that they share, like not just with humans, but even with, say, dogs and cats and animals mm-hmm. we're more mm-hmm. familiar with. Like I think that is part of the, part of the story because if someone sees that horrible footage, it really only matters if goats matter or mm-hmm. if goats are capable of suffering, if, if goat are, so the goats are like um, complex, you know, individuals rather than just things to be used and those kind of things. I think that is a really important um, part of the story. But um, what about you, Dom? Yeah, so I think comedy as well, it, it it's like a natural way to bring people together mm-hmm. and it's a natural way of storytelling and I think people really relate to it because you're like, oh, I'm having a laugh, but also, oh, I've actually learned something. Like, I've learned a whole bunch of goat facts that I never knew (laughs) before. Um, And, yeah, like, as you say, like, with pop culture as well, it's an easy way for people to kind of get in tune with what's happening without Mm. having to sort of obviously think about it, which is quite nice. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, we were saying just before, you know, like, with Jojo Rabbit and Okja and, you know, different films and, like, little TV shows and things that have come out um, in the past few years as well, people are really starting to take notice that mm. you know these things are happening and that you know animals do have a voice and that we need to be able to help them 
spread the voice. Yeah, you know. <laughs> yeah. And I think that um, yeah, the scene in Jojo Rabbit where he was it was basically this idea of like um, killing an animal so you could be more desensitized to killing humans mm. in war. And so I thought that was a really interesting link about that parallel between yeah, violence towards animals and violence towards humans as, as mm. well. Um, also another um, another show um, <clears throat> that I, I recently saw is is you. I don't know if either of you are aware of that on Netflix. You, I've, yeah. my roommate's been it. watching yeah. some of it, so I've yeah. seen snippets. I, I did want to kind of give a disclaimer <laughs> that um, I, I believe there's a lot of critici- criticism online, which I haven't looked into, but just from watching and talking over my partner, etc., that I think it, it does tend to more like humanize the perpetrators of gendered violence more than the victims or survivors. Mm-hmm. And so I did want to kind of give that as a disclaimer. I think they were, you know, in the second season, they were sort of responding to that criticism, made some efforts to address it and sort of made fun of themselves in the first season, <laughs> which is an interesting thing on things like uh, Netflix with the nature of online media and stuff. The fact that that shows often sort of react to criticism as they go and you can kind of mm, tell yeah. they're doing that. Um, but yeah, I do think there are some um, definitely some problematic elements, which again, they seem to be trying to address as well. But uh, just in terms of animals, there was a particular scene where basically um, one of the characters was trying to dispose of, of a human body. Um, and basically he went to where he worked, where there was, um, yeah, they had, for processing animal bodies and he was basically doing the exact same thing this human body like this human he killed Mm. Um, but at the same time they juxtaposed that with um, his partner who was preparing like some kind of like meat dish some sort of animal based dish and they're basically doing the exact same thing like to this dead body and I I, I have no idea about the writers behind you I I personally (laughs) doubt they were trying to particularly make a strong vegan message or anything but I do I I just think that some people just think that that's kind of an interesting parallel to make and I think Mm. like that kind of thing another um, thing we've spoken before is uh, Sweeney Todd as well. This idea yeah. that people are mm. humans rather than pies, and and I was just watching that um, watching that movie and just hadn't even, I hadn't even made this connection myself, but um, just I was watching with my partner's parents, and and they were like, oh, we can see why you don't need animals, and we we're like, we hadn't even really thought of it from that <laughs> point of view. But it's interesting sometimes when it's not even the intention, it can mm. still get yeah. kind of people thinking about that. But yeah, do you do you have any um, either any examples uh, or any other examples from from pop culture yeah. that are raising these kind of issues? Yeah. Yeah, well, a very early one for me was Chicken Run. Mm. Yes. I love chickens. Mm. Um, I grew up with pet chickens. My mum still has pet chickens. And when I first saw Chicken Run, I mean, obviously, it's very it's animated. It's really mm. not the exactly how the egg industry is. But it really made me think about the autonomy of chickens and mm. us eating their eggs mm. and how they feel about everything. And that really <laughs> made me want to stop. Yeah. Eating meat and eggs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I don't know if I've seen that, but I have heard that. That is quite like Chicken a, Run is a classic. A, a, it yeah, is the yeah. best. I and don't it, want to be a pie. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but it is kind of, yeah, I've kind of think I've, I've seen or seen bits of it. But, yeah, from what I hear, it's like quite a strong, really animal rights message mm-hmm. if you think about it. But, like, again, yeah. yeah, it's played yeah. as a fun adventure comedy for yeah. kids. And so you sort of, in, I mean, you're not indoctrinating them. when well, yeah, I guess you kind of are. <laughs> but, like, kids focus more on the characters yep. yeah. and, like, the comedy as well. And mm. are they going to escape the bad guys? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, yeah, in, in, in Chicken Run, the bad guys are all the humans. Yeah. And, yeah. and so, yeah, if you really think about it, it's um, spreading a really good message about not using animals. Yeah, mm. and I, I have heard that that even a lot of the Disney movies, again, whether it's the intention or not, the villain is often cruel to animals. I think like mm. Cruella Cor- Deville and stuff oh, from yeah. the Dalmatians movies, like I think, I believe she often like wears fur and that mm. kind of thing. And yeah. so they're often like those who are who are like, um, yeah, who are harmful to animals are the villains and the, the good ones are often like the animals themselves yeah. in a lot of cases. 
versa. Um, any other? Do you want to elaborate? You gave the other example. Um, what was the other example you gave? Which I was, yeah, yeah. Do you want to talk a bit about that one? Yeah. I'm not with that. So um, it was something that I stumbled across on Netflix. I didn't really know what it was, mm. um, but it's about. I think it's a pig mm-hmm. from memory, or it's a pig esque animal, um, and it's about a girl who befriends this um, creature, and it talks about the. Um, the atrocities that are associated with like pig farming and meat consumption and the way that it's very mass consumer produced instead of, you know, like back in the day when people used to just have one pig, that's mm. enough for whatever. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's, it's hard to talk about cause it is so you don't expect it. So you go and you're like, Oh, this is a cool kind of little film. And then you're like, Oh, I see we are monsters <laughs> to our animal friends. So, so so it's like a movie rather than documentary. Yeah. yeah it's yeah, a yeah, yeah, it's a film yeah, and yeah. you kind of yeah, you don't really expect it. Yeah. Um so yeah, it was very I cried a lot. Yeah. So <laughs> I need to see this film. Yeah, watch it. It's really yeah. good. And I did want to also mention last week, uh, Madison, another Freedom of Species team member, did a show, a special Freedom of Species special for International Women's Day, looking at feminism and animal rights. And you can um, check that out at 3cr.org.au forward slash Freedom of Species and encourage you to check that out. Um, some, yeah, really powerful connections. Um, great, great show from Madison. Um, but yeah, I guess on that topic of like feminist issues, you've got an all female cast. So was this a, a conscious effort or just the way things worked out? Yeah, but, yeah it was. Yeah. Definitely a conscious effort. Um, I often find it's definitely changing landscape wise now, but females are often underrepresented in comedy. Mm. And often, even in modern comedies, there'll be female characters, but they'll often be the same sort of humor, like they're the, the girl one. Mm-hmm. And so I wanted in creating this show to create three characters that. Like, you could have males play these characters and it would work. None of the characters have any inherently stereotypically female traits and I think all of the comedy is derived from things that aren't gender so things like ego things like just being strange (laughs) um goat possessions there is a goat possession in the show um and so I just really wanted to yeah cast all females in the show because I think it's important that we show that girls can be just as funny if not funnier than guys sometimes Mm. and all the time (laughs) and just yeah just give some three fantastic female performers the opportunity to be silly and be fun yeah Mm. and i think that like the representation in the performance is important and also the writing as well Mm. i'm just thinking of uh, an example i heard this is a a podcast i've sometimes listened to not for a while but um cracked podcast they cover a lot of sort of pop culture stuff Um, but one one show they did was like something along the lines of why romantic comedies are horrible or something like that (laughs) and basically you often get these particularly shows that are aimed at more teenagers and one of the um you know supposedly 17 year old female students we go like this is is what girls want or whatever and like teenage boys are learning from this and it's like that, that was probably written by a 40 year old guy and so mm. we, all these are kind of messages we get about like that it may be said by female characters often written mm. by men and we get these really sort of problematic uh, uh, perceptions but yeah mm. anything you want to add to that Dom? Yeah it's just exciting I guess because um, yeah we have two two boys that are helping us with the show mm. um, Nathan and Josh but yeah it's exciting that there's sort of yeah, this powerhouse of ladies just sort of really sort of coming in and we've all sort of tackled it in like this really unique way. And yeah, it is, as Chloe was saying, you you do get sort of stereotyped or typecast, I suppose, as an actor into particular 
avenues, which can be quite frustrating and problematic in, again, the way that they're written, not necessarily by women mm. or for women. Um, so, yeah, it's really exciting to sort of, yeah, be able to sort of showcase, yeah, feminine energy and how exciting it is and the unique spin it brings to comedy and stuff as well. Yeah, and, and speaking of comedy, I know, uh, Chloe, you've mentioned some of your um, comedy influences in creating mm. this show, and I thought that might be um, certain. Uh, sh- uh, certainly, I-, I connected with a lot of those references. <laughs> so, uh, do you want to talk about some of those references, which might, if people are kind of into this kind of comedy, they might enjoy this show? Yeah, um, Monty Python are a huge influence mm. on me and my writing. I was um, <laughs> binging Flying Circus again at the time <laughs> when I was writing the script, and I think that's been probably the biggest influence. Um, so I love lots of British comedies. Um, I also really drew a lot of inspiration from The Mighty Boosh, <laughs> which yep. was was really big with me, really resonated me with me when I was in about uh, year eight. I think. <laughs> um, just this sort of the concept of blending the normal, the mundane with this sort of weird, surrealistic, fantastical element. I just Mm. think it's this really fun concept. Um, So I've also drawn a bit of inspiration from the Colnetto trilogy as well. So the movies like Shaun of the Dead, Hot Fuzz, um, same kind of thing. And just having that banter between the characters is really, really important. So when Nathan and I were working on the script, we really focused on getting this fast-paced, witty wordplay, which Mm. I think definitely derives from a lot of British sensibilities Mm -hmm. yeah and mm, we've also drawn inspiration from a lot of classic horror movies Mm. so if you do come to watch the show you'll notice quite a few shout outs to a lot of your favorite horror movies yeah Uh, there's a bit of Blair Witch in there there's a bit of Exorcist uh, lots of other things as well yeah and what about you Dom do you comedy horror both like your sort of um, genres or likes? Um, well, I grew up with British comedy. Mm. Um, a lot of like your Red Dwarf, your yes. um, Faulty Towers, Blackadder, any Blackadder, Blackadder yeah. Yep. Yeah. Season, season four, particularly. Oh, number yeah. three was my oh, favorite. Okay, yep. fair <laughs> <laughs> Um, so little thing, you know, like really great sort of quick, quippy kind of shows like that, mm. and then. I'd, I'd, yeah, my horror films are quite gory because mm-hmm. I hate scares. But yeah. I love blood and guts, which is... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, all right. Um, I wanted to now move on to talk a little bit about... Um, yeah, I mean, we'll get into this a little bit. This is kind of an interest of, of mine, but I'm just curious about the... Yeah, the sort of the, the sceptic an- angle, because that's kind of yeah. something I, I'm kind of really interested in. And I just I think the, um, the main... So the show, as you mentioned, features a famous uh, sceptic and ghost debunker. I'm just wondering, yeah, uh, your whole relationship working in this to like sceptics and, and ghosts and all this stuff. Uh, yeah, anything you want to say about that? Yeah, like, yeah. I'm wondering about the representation of the sceptics and all that kind of stuff, yeah. Mm. yeah. Well, um, as I said before, I run ghost tours, mm. so I'm a little bit biased on this subject. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I've been running ghost tours for about three years now. Mm-hmm. When I, f- I, I'm an actor as well, and I find that a lot of us actors are very, very superstitious in a lot of cases, <laughs> um, and a lot of us are very interested in the supernatural. Uh, I've always had an interest in it, but when I first started running ghost tours, I found that I personally was very, very skeptical. Mm. Um, I'm definitely like a lot less skeptical now. So my ghost tours, we do we've had quite a few encounters I've had some encounters myself and you get to meet lots of diverse people on my on my tours so sometimes there'll be people that'll come that'll be so enthusiastic about 
ghosts. I actually had one lady come up to me that told me that she saw all the ghosts that I spoke about on the tour and that she helps Satan find souls to take into hell and that she oh. talks to God and Jesus and then that that was very intense. She was definitely on one end of the spectrum. <laughs> and then on the other end you get people that don't believe anything yeah. that are Just really... annoying people like me basically. <laughs> yeah, well, sometimes we get groups of teenagers come on the ghost uh, tours. Yeah. Yeah. They're very, very... Well, sometimes they'll be like really into it, but sometimes they'll be very like, oh, you're making us all up. None of this is true. Mm-hmm. So you definitely get a wide spectrum on my tours and so I've tried to represent that in the show because there's definitely uh, varying levels of belief amongst the characters. Yeah, interesting, yeah, because I had been on various ghost tours and I think the very first ghost I went to was in a Fremantle prison. I'm from Mm. Perth originally and, yeah, it was interesting because that was called a ghost tour but it was more just like a tour at night. It wasn't really, it wasn't like they weren't actually talking about like the existence of ghosts. I think like once throughout the tour, they like threw a dummy of a person like off the top mm. thing and then it landed like on the, <laughs> on the netting near us. It was like a bit of a scare. Um, but I was like, oh, I kind of, I kind of like ghost mm. tours. And then I won another ghost tour and it was like, this person was more like, like ghosts are real, like had like detectors and stuff like that mm. as well. So it's like, I feel like ghost tours can mean a, a wide range of different yeah, things. Like sometimes they're just more mm. a historical tour at night mm. and other mm. times they're um, like very much more like, yeah, there is this ghost and there is that one as well. Mm, yeah, yeah. yeah. Sure. It, it, what about your relationship to that whole uh, debate, Don? I <laughs> love ghosts. I yep. love ghost tours. Mm. I love spooky things. Obviously, that's why I'm in the show. But, yep. yeah, my mum and I would go on ghost tours all the time and, like, we'd been, yeah, around, like, Victoria, like, sussing out ghosts and, like, different things but yeah i love it it's so real i don't care yeah. what anyone says yeah okay well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> me and uh, the another freedom of species host uh, adam are very uh, very much on the other side okay. of the debate are uh, very uh skeptical scientific boring yep. kind of people but uh, i shouldn't speak for adam but myself but um yeah I, one thing adam has pointed out actually is that we generally like swing at the anthropomorphism of ghosts that we only mm. see human ghosts i don't know is there any discussion of non-human ghosts or is it only ever discussing about he was like if surely if if ghosts exist there'd be ghosts of our dogs and cats and pigs around interesting i think so i think because my pets see the like the dead dog that our previous the previous owners of our house buried in the backyard because they run after it oh and they like a chase but there's nothing else there and i'm like what are you well yeah so Little things like that, I yeah. think, anyway. Yeah, yeah. It's a really good, I, I have had this when I've been uh, fairly recently, actually, just walking my dog, and we're walking along the, this road, and, um, yeah, she basically is just, like, freaking out about something, and, and I'm just like, there's clearly nothing there. And my sort of explanation is, I don't know. But, uh, yeah, obviously people come to, like, different conclusions from the same from the same thing. But have you heard anything about, like, I'm just curious about that discussion of uh, non-human ghosts. Are they ever... Yeah, yeah. Um, so with my tour, we sort of have a script that, is given to us and we sort of they're all the main stories we cover and then we sometimes change them up according to um what we find out and what we want to add in or take away um the original script did talk about ghost horses being spotted in melbourne okay um and heard apparently sometimes people will be just in the streets of melbourne and they'll hear the uh, clattering of horse hooves, which could be actual horses, because mm, but there are no horses around. Okay, well, because <laughs> yeah, okay, yeah. um, back in the day in Melbourne, oh, it was not a good time for a horse. Uh, in the eighteen hundreds, horses would literally die on the road and then be just sort of pushed to the side mm. and then just left there, mm, okay. which is yeah. so horrible. Yeah, yeah. Poor horses, and they really don't have a. 
that much of a better life now, I've been mm. told. No. Well, we've actually mm. covered the horse drawn carriage issue on the oh, show great. before, mm. and there is some. Uh, I always tell yeah, all my but... tour guests, well, what would we'll be walking along, then a horse drawn carriage will go past, then yeah. the tourists will be like, oh, that looks cool. I'll be like, no. Yeah, please don't go. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, yeah, it's um, and of course in the play we address the concept of goat ghosts mm. or goats, goats, goats. Go. Yeah, yeah. Okay, that's good. So it's good that you are challenging there because I, I think like Adam has given that example of like the the human focus, the fact that we're human, so we assume like yeah that if ghosts exist, they'd only possibly be human mm. ghosts. But it is um, broadening that mm. out because um, yeah. there is also the concept that um, if animals die, maybe they don't have unfinished business as much as humans mm. think they do. Mm-hmm. And where do they go? Mm-hmm. We don't know. Animals just automatically go to heaven. Oh, obviously. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um, actually, yeah, maybe speaking of that, I, I want to get into the. Um, yeah, I mean, this is. I'm sure what a lot of our listeners are thinking about. I'm sure the three of us are thinking um, a lot about at the moment is the corona issue. Oh, yes. Um, <laughs> and one, one relief I've had, because I was worried about my dogs getting it, mm. is that dogs can't get mm, I corona. Saw, I heard that, that today too. I think they can pass it on, I believe. Like, mm. so if they lick someone with corona, then they lick someone else. But in terms of they, they won't get it any, anyway so oh. so that that is something and i did see a tweet about this that the world health organization has announced that dogs cannot con, um, contract um covid19 um dogs previously held in quarantine can now be re- released so the world health organization or who has let the dogs out <laughs> um so yeah who let the dogs out basically mm. but that was a tweet Gillian h turner on twitter it doesn't really work uh, reading it out but uh, yeah i thought that was quite a good tweet on that but yeah i guess the take-home message is that dogs can't be effective which is good um but i thought we might get into that after a song because yeah. i think that's uh yeah quite a big thing and I, I think we probably um yeah should address it again i think it's something the three of us i'm sure we've all been thinking about and i'm sure it's on the forefront of a lot of our listeners minds as well but we'll take a song first so another one that chloe's recommended um this is from the rocket man soundtrack um i'm still standing i thought that was a recent movie and stuff so it'd be a cool one to play yeah. uh, any any reason why you've uh picked this song i love this song mm-hmm. i think <laughs> yeah. it's really great yeah. so um, good. i love yeah i love elton john i love this version of the song mm-hmm. and it sort of represents our position after the coronavirus has <laughs> cancelled the comedy festival which yeah. we'll talk about <laughs> yeah definitely nice segue and uh yeah you're listening to freedom of species and you're on the airwaves of 3cr radical radio you can never know what it's like you blood like a winter freeze just like ice And there's a cold and lonely light that shines from you You will wander like the wreck you hide behind that mask you And did you think this fool could never win? Well, look at me, I'm coming back again Got a taste of love and a simple way if you need to know why I'm still standing, you just fit there with And don't you know
Open up the pieces of my life without you on my Underneath the ground at the Olympic Dam mine, there is an old sleepy lizard. BHP is mining right into that lizard named Kalta, and it's not so sleepy anymore. The old frog and lizard, they really know the mining company gotta go. The lizard returns protestable 2020. Uncle Kev is putting out the call. This is an invitation to all people and protectors of the land and waters to get involved in the creation of Autonomous Zone as we move for peace and justice. BYO, your own creative response to the nuclear industry and BHP's water theft. Keep an eye on the Lizard Revenge page on Facebook or check out our website for history and info and updates on the lizardbitesback.net. The waiting for you and me. The Lizard Returns Protestable, the 3rd to the 6th of July, Arabana Country. See you there. A 3CR supporter. Hi, I'm Rod Quantock and you're listening to... Fill in the dots, you know who you're listening to. Why do I have to tell you who you're listening to? You know who you're listening to. You're listening to, yes, fill in the... 
3CR Community Radio. You got it right. You've won a giraffe. Uh, we're at 855am. We're on digital radio and streaming at 3cr.org.au. 3CR has been making trouble since 1976, and occasionally I've been part of the trouble that's been made. It's a vital part of our uh, media landscape, and I'd encourage you to get a hacksaw, an oxyacetylene torch, and go up to the Dandenongs and, and bring down all those broadcast towers that aren't 3CR's towers, and let's on. make 3CR the only source of information to an information-starved, dumbed-down Australian community. Written, authorised and spoken by Neil Mitchell. Welcome back to Freedom of Species on 3CR. We've been discussing the Scary Goats Tour with uh, Chloe and Dom. And we sort of at the end of there um, with an excellent segue from Chloe, actually, <laughs> um, sort of start talking a little bit about the coronavirus, which, uh, yeah, I think is definitely something uh, worth addressing. So I certainly regarding the Melbourne Comedy Festival, and this is a, sort of the symptom of uh, social media, I only read the headline, but the Melbourne Festival, uh, Melbourne International Comedy Festival has been cancelled as mm-hmm. far as I was like, this show's cancelled, but it's going ahead. Do you want to talk a bit about, um, yeah, I guess it's the size of the venue means that that's not cancelled? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, at present, uh, yeah. touch wood. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, yeah, and the current government bans are, is it, it's a ban on anything, any non-essential gathering yeah. of 500 or more people. Yeah. yeah. Um, so because we are in a smaller mm. venue, we mm. are continuing on. We mm. are technically formally part of the Melbourne International Comedy Festival now, mm-hmm. but a lot of the smaller venues are still operating. So there's actually, even though the comedy festival itself is not on, mm-hmm. yeah. there's actually a lot of shows that you can still go to and support if you're interested okay. in supporting some local comedy. Yeah, mm. okay, great. And what about, um, yeah, both of your own thoughts on the issue in general? It obviously doesn't relate to the mm. animal topic of our show, but I think it's just important public health issue going on right now in general. Um, Maybe some of you don't have you, uh, like I certainly have definitely taken it a lot more seriously in the last few days. Um, mm. But yeah, what, what are your thoughts on it? Um, well, yeah, I guess, yeah, sort of being vigilant is mm. important, mm. but sort of just be nice to your neighbours and those around you. Like I went to the supermarket yesterday just to pick up like very basic things mm. and there was practically nothing there and people are like screaming at each other mm. and it's, you know, like we're all still a community, we're all still in it mm. together, you know, just... Mm-hmm. Look out for the people that might have a little bit less advantage in the in everything, and don't try not to stockpile every single goodie that you can. Just because yeah. some people can't go out and get those things when you can, so yeah, yeah, it's pretty. It's a pretty crazy time. It's an interesting look into the human psyche, I think, mm-hmm. at the moment. Yeah. <laughs> any, any general thoughts, Chloe? Um, oh, it's a tough time for creatives. I can mm. tell you that mm. because um, I was saying to Dom before, like I, I'm an actor as well. Dom's mm. an actor. Mm. Like a lot of us get a lot of our in- the majority of our income mm. from being in places where there are large gatherings <laughs> of people, yeah, whether it's yeah. performance work or a lot of us do events or promo work on mm. the side as well. And I was supposed to – we were both, both supposed, supposed to be to, working yeah. at the Grand Prix this weekend. Really? What would you um, – like – Acting in an acting role or um, separate? Uh, I work in – I do a lot of children's things as well, like oh, children's okay. entertainment. So we were doing a Justice League slash Scooby-Doo wow. zone. See, when I hear like Grand Prix shutting down, like obviously you think of the drivers themselves, mm. but anything like the food vendors, and I definitely wouldn't have even thought going to actors and comedians yeah. and that kind of <laughs> thing. Wow, it's amazing. Yeah, because yeah, yeah. we had um, Scooby-Doo was there, the Mystery Machine was there. You <laughs> yeah. could come okay. and meet Batman as well. And, yeah, um, yeah like it was just – we I do a lot of that kind of work, just like 
to get by. Yeah. Really. yeah. And um, my ghost tours, I don't know if they're going to keep going. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're, all the big shows have been cancelled as well. So it's quite a scary time for performers as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so there's a lot of people trying to scramble around at the moment to try and work out new ways of getting an income. <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, definitely. Yeah, yeah. so in, in that respect, it's very scary. And seeing how differently people are reacting as well is mm. really confusing I think because mm. there's some people that are you know stockpiling everything mm. really going crazy about it and saying oh we need to prepare to public transport's going to be stopped everything's going to be stopped and then there's some people who are just going about their daily lives mm. um mm. Prime ministers and presidents yeah. are not being tested, even though they're being exposed to it, <laughs> yeah. but they're telling other people to. Um, it's a very confusing time. It does mm. feel a lot like we're in like some sort of dystopian novel. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. And I, I think that that is going to be a discussion, particularly over the next few months, and and definitely an issue for like, actors and, as you say, comedian, anyone who sort of relies on that. Uh, large gathering and I guess particularly like um, sort of casualized and more gig economy workers generally mm-hmm. like I'm an academic and I'm on a casual contract as well so it's definitely coming this issue of if the uni shuts down will yeah. we will we be paid there's those like and even Uber Eats drivers like mm, what if yeah. they need to quarantine like they don't have any income but you still got to pay rent so yeah there, there's so many issues but for, in the context of people in like the arts generally mm-hmm. um, I was wondering about those discussions of I guess, again, we don't know how long this is going to last, but um, it seems like probably at least for another few months by the sounds. Mm. I've heard sort of mid-year might even be the peak, but, uh, again, I'm not a scientist on this issue. But, um, yeah, are there sort of those discussions going on about, um, I think you mentioned, like, how you can maybe do a performance that's live stream, but people are paying or something like that. But yeah. yeah. There's, yeah. I think there's a lot of different people looking into ways of getting performances out there for people. Yeah. Uh, I also work with a theatre company called Antipodes. We're looking into ways that we can help support goats and oh, scary goats too, I should say, and <laughs> um, and other shows as well by yeah doing some sort of paid live stream. So people pay probably less than the original ticket price, mm. but then they get to watch the performance. Um, hopefully there'll be some sort of solution, but it seems that the arts community is sort of banding together mm-hmm. to try and work out mm. some way of dealing with this. Yeah. Um, and also still being able to get art and things we've been working on out to the public. Yeah, yeah. But I guess as well, like I know they are saying it might get worse, but if you look at it in perspective at the moment, there's I think about 200 cases in all of Australia. Mm-hmm. And how many people live here? There's... Uh, 20-something million, I yeah, think. Yeah, there's yeah. a lot. I think there's like 6 million in <laughs> Melbourne or something. So mm. like so many people and... In terms of statistics, there's not a huge amount of cases at the moment Mm. and it's definitely good that we're taking precautions to stop it from going any further, Mm. but I think some people are acting like it's the end of the world when mm. there's we've been faced with worse things before mm. yeah yeah and i think the um yeah those alternatives are really interesting and again if it does get to that definitely encourage people to support that because i'd imagine in that kind of industry a lot of it would be more like piecemeal casualized i imagine not too mm. many people would be on a standard salary mm-hmm. and continue mm-hmm. to get paid if you're not in a performance or whatever so that's obviously something to support if, if it does go to that um and yeah i definitely get um get those points about not spreading fear and those kind of things um i've definitely read one article that um sort of 
it, I, again, I hope I, I don't feel like I'm contributing to fear by doing this. I'm certainly not trying to, but it was called Coronavirus, Why You Must Act Now by Thomas Puyo um, on medium.com. Um, but yeah, I definitely agree that some of the, the panic is really unproductive. Like again, the, mm. the toilet paper gate kind of thing. <laughs> like that's like a manufactured crisis. It wasn't a, a crisis caused by the virus itself. It was a cr- caused by people overreacting to it. Mm. Um, but one thing they did mention in that article is they're looking at countries that have already kind of gone through this crisis mm-hmm. um, and like, yeah, like in the Wuhan area in China and that kind of thing, for example. And one thing they did look at was the reported cases versus the actual cases and the mm-hmm. fact that it does grow exponentially. And so, yeah, there only are 250 reported cases in Australia, but probably a lot more actually have yes. it, but don't know it yet mm-hmm. as well. So, yeah, I think definitely not be alarmed and definitely don't raid the supermarket shelves, those kind of things. But one thing they're promoting that article, this idea of um, social distancing. So, staying home when you can and obviously not everyone is in there uh, has the ability to do that depending on your industry but I think for some um, certainly uh, my partner for example has an office job and and she can work from home pretty much as easily Mm -hmm. as she can go into work so I think for those who can like it is a good idea to try and um, stay home when you can Uh, I've got a meeting coming up we're going to do that online that kind of thing even today getting here I walked here rather than getting a tram Mm -hmm. I wouldn't usually walk um, that far but (laughs) I can do that again I know not everyone can necessarily like have a like an hour walk or whatever but um yeah i I do think that yeah without freaking out and raiding the supermarket (laughs) shelves it is good again if you can easily do that in your workplace or whatever then it quite is a good idea to to limit the spread because basically as it does increase if we have less cases because people have distanced themselves when they can it'll be more manageable in the healthcare system i guess that Mm. was was what the article was about so yeah hopefully i'm not contributing to by alarm by putting it out (laughs) there but uh, it's certainly something that i've I've kind of moved more towards of like going from like, yeah, moving from like, yeah, not going to large gatherings to like, you know, can I avoid that tram trip? That Mm. kind of thing. Just, I guess a little bit like climate change, not, not necessarily freaking out, but looking at the data and then what actions can I take in line mm-hmm. with, the, with the data that exists on that? Yeah, yeah. Um, and I should, before we go, though, um, get to some plugs for your show. So do you want to give the, the dates? Um, do you need... The, or, oh, no, I no, remember you got, them. You got, <laughs> okay, yeah, um, yeah, dates, websites, mm. etc. Yeah, so all things going according to plan. We yeah. will be opening on March 23rd, which is next Monday, so not tomorrow, the Monday after. Mm-hmm. And we are running for two weeks until april 5th um we do encourage of course that people who do come make sure that they are in perfect health Uh, however the butterfly club will also be providing ample opportunities and as much doing as much as they can to help everybody stay safe there's going Mm. to be hand sanitizer and advice on what to do um, if you feel like you may have touched something um, everywhere and if anyone does already have tickets booked in that they need to either reschedule or cancel please get in touch with us and we can do that yeah um, but also if you do want to book in you can book in through the butterfly club website mm-hmm. we did have a listing on the comedy festival website <laughs> i'm not sure if that is still there now <laughs> yeah. that the festival has been cancelled but you can also find out all the information by following us on social media mm-hmm. so we have a facebook and an instagram they're both called scary goats tour um, um, give us a like and a follow and find out all the details on there. So it's March 23rd to April 5th. Every show is on at 5.30 p.m. 
Yeah, great. And we put all those links to the social media pages on our social media platforms and we'll also put them in the notes once this episode is out. Um, and yeah, I definitely think uh, if this takes your interest, definitely yeah, go ahead and buy a ticket and you know, who knows how things progress and I'm sure you get your money back if it yes. doesn't go ahead. But also it means if, if it does go to some kind of online performance mm. or something, then you'd be it'd be easy to keep in the loop with those kind of oh, balances totally. as well if you have a ticket. So mm. yeah, encourage me to check that out. Um, I just want to mention one more story quickly before I go. This was from a few weeks ago. I don't know if either of you heard her about it, but um, there were some baboons that escaped. <gasps> yeah. In yeah. Thailand? No, no, in oh. Australia. No. You know, oh, I saw about the monkey thing in Thailand <laughs> as well. No, so this was in Australia, just a few. It was, it was three baboons escaped, and it was a news story, but it was kind of just like a joke news story, like people making all these puns about animals as they do whenever there's animals in the, in the media. But it's kind of just this, oh, look, there's baboons. in. I think it was in Sydney, but it's definitely in Australia anyway. But it's, oh, baboons were in the street kind of thing, like a joke. But one thing I found out after the fact that these, um, these three baboons were actually uh, fleeing, escaping animal testing, and that was one thing that, again, any of the media, coverage I saw and it didn't actually even mention that mm-hmm. angle so um, just in light of that and also in light of the ongoing issues with animal testing um, Emma Hurst who's a member of parliament for the Animal Justice Party um, has created a petition to end animal testing in New South Wales and if you want to sign that petition uh, look more into that issue and find all the information at Emma Hurst MP dot com so yeah check that out and i think it's a good reminder of um yeah the horrors of animal testing which they mm. were actually fleeing which again the media yeah from what i saw anyway i can't comment all the stories didn't seem to be reporting much on that angle of the story so yeah we are about out of time just a reminder we're one till two every sunday um if you want to listen live to our show you can do that by 8 am if you've still got a radio but um, otherwise via the 3cr website 3cr.org.au you can find all our previous shows again check out the international women's day special from last week and all our other shows at 3cr.org.au forward slash freedom of species as well as on itunes any feedback you can contact us at info at freedom for email facebook twitter at fos radio um, stay tuned for the next show and psychedelia are always lots of interesting dis- um, discussion around uh, drugs and, and drug use, drug policy, etc. Uh, stay tuned for that. And we're going to finish up with the song um, Science Fiction Double Feature from the Rocky Horror Picture Show. Another one, um, yeah, picked by Chloe. Anything you want to say about this song? I just love this song. Yeah. Um, Rocky <laughs> Horror is another quirky comedy that blends sort of one genre with another and mm-hmm. it's one of my inspirations not necessarily for this show just life in general yeah and so i hope you enjoy this song yeah great <laughs> um thanks thanks so much for coming it's been Thank great you for having having both us. and we'll be back next week michael Rennie was still the day the earth stood still but he told us where we stand and Flash Gordon was there in silver underwear Claude Rains was the invisible man Then something went wrong For Fay Ray and King Kong They got caught in a celluloid jam Then at a deadly pace It came from outer space This is how the message ran
the hills And I really got hot When I saw Jeanette Scott Fight a trivet that spits poison and kills Dana Andrews said prunes Gave him the runes And passing them used lots of skills But when worlds collide Said George Powell to his bride I'm gonna give you some terrible to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.